just a reminder, here at That's So Chronic, we are dedicated to sharing personal stories. We are not advocating any type of treatment, therapy, procedure or intervention. Everyone is unique, so please seek professional medical advice before making any decisions for yourself or for others. Welcome to That's So Chronic, the podcast where I, Jess Bryan, interview some incredible people from around the world that are thriving and sometimes only just surviving with chronic illnesses, life-changing injuries and potentially disastrous diagnoses. Today I'm chatting to Sophie Ricketts and she talks us through a hymenectomy surgery that she had while she was at drama school. In this episode, Sophie explains the process of discovering that she had a thick hymen, which involves several people telling her that she wasn't ready for sex, a gut feeling that wasn't initially followed through with, and a gynecologist drawing a picture. This diagnosis resulted in a hymenectomy, a surgery that removes a part of the hymen. But Sophie's story doesn't just end there. While going through this process, she made a decision to share her story publicly, and she tells us exactly how that went down. Sophie is an awesome storyteller, and I admire her determination in wanting to make sure that no one feels alone with their differentness. Welcome to That's So Chronic. I feel like this episode has been a long time in the works. I'm so excited to be chatting to you today. You've been such a huge supporter of That's So Chronic and it means so much to me and I'm really honored that you've chosen me to chat to to share a little bit about your story today. Thank you Jess. I'm super excited to be here. I am a friend and a fan of the pod so it's very very exciting and yeah I'm really really delighted. I love the way you get a really hopeful message out to your listeners and yeah pretty much pretty much it was quite early on like Mm -hmm. I when I was you know started listening and I was like oh my god I think I have something yes. to share and I feel like this, like we got to move on this. Yes. And so I'm, I, it doesn't bother me that it's taken a while <laughs> to get here because I'm just really happy that we're here now. Exactly. And what we're going to chat about today is that when you were at university or at drama school, you had a surgery, a hymenectomy. I had never heard about this until you messaged me and told me, about it. I'd so, never heard about it until I needed exactly. one. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm really just, I'm not excited that it happened to you, but I'm excited that I get to share a little bit of this and your journey with everybody listening today. Me too. Me too. I'm really excited to share because it was a very, very weird and confusing time in my life. Yeah. And yeah, I had never heard about my condition or the surgery or anything like that never ever come across that and yeah had a lot of had a lot of mixed emotions kind of mm-hmm. wrapped up in that time but one of the things that kind of really sort of stayed with me was just a lot of frustration and feeling like oh well how come how come I've never heard of this? Yeah. How come I didn't know this was a thing? And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to like put all of the responsibility on the New Zealand school system, but it was mm. very much kind of like, what? Like yeah. none of this was covered <laughs> in like health any, class. Yeah. Health class. Or yeah. like, it was like, I didn't even know that this was an option. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it. But you know that for me talking about it, I think is really important yes. because I want anybody else who's ever in a similar situation to know that while it's rare Mm. it's actually not that 
like fun. Yeah, like yeah. it's not that far outside of, uh, yeah. you know, kind of like a common sphere. It's, yeah. yeah. Just because something is rare doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to other people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's go to the beginning. When did all of this start for you? All right. So we're going to cast our minds back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm 18. We I'm need in, little like rewind yeah, jingle bells. Yeah. Like a little like a little xylophone sound exactly. effect or like a chime, like a wind chime maybe. Yeah. yeah. All right. Edit that in after. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm 18. I'm in my first year at drama school. Mm-hmm. Um, so listeners, um, Jess and I went to the same drama school, but just not at the same time. Yeah. So we got to know each other afterwards afterwards like but very much because of that connection of like oh we went through this same institution and we have this shared experience because of that and we have all these mutual friends and Mm -hmm. yeah and because Christchurch is like a village anyway but yeah (laughs) um so yeah so I was at drama school I I didn't really have any boyfriends or anything at high school Mm -hmm. um that just kind of yeah I was a a bit too busy for that yeah and I'm and I didn't really have anybody, um, you know, <laughs> like there weren't any applications <laughs> flooding in, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm, so I'm 18. I'm in my first year at drama school. I've got my first boyfriend, yeah. which is very exciting. And I was, you know, I was, I was super open and super honest with him when we got together about the fact that I didn't really have any sexual experiences mm-hmm. and that I, you know, didn't really have any boyfriends in high school yeah. and that this was new for me, yeah. but you know, yep, yeah, cool. So great. He was uh, just a few years older, which, you know, at the time sort of like feels like, oh, it makes all the difference. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he, no, he was great. He was a really, really cool guy, really lovely guy mm-hmm. and was like, no worries, like no pressure. We'll just, you know, we'll wait until you're ready. And yeah, he was a wonderful boyfriend, yeah. like A plus chef's kiss. Nice. Like really, really good first boyfriend experience. So we'd been together, we'd been together for a few months mm. when I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready for us to like try vaginal yeah. intercourse. And we did try, try mm. being the operative word. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very painful and it was not successful. Yeah. And in that moment... I just kind of, my very, very first instinct was like, I think physically something is not quite right. Mm -hmm. I think that there's something going on with my body that maybe needs to be checked out. Yeah. That was my absolute first instinct. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess, tried to articulate that to him. I probably did not say it in those words. I probably said something like, there's something wrong with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And he was very, very kind and patient and was like, no, 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 you're just not ready and that's okay and we can wait. And so, yeah. all right, so strike one. So I've got yeah. this person who I care about and who cares about me and who I feel emotionally connected with and who mm-hmm. I was ready to physically, you know, be very intimate and connected with. This person who is slightly older than me and has sexual experiences is saying to me, no, no, it's in your head. It's a psychological thing. Yeah. All right. So strike one. Yeah. Stri- and I don't mean against him. I just mean against me and yes, in this situation. Yeah. Like I, my first instinct was like, mm, I think, I think I got to see a doctor. But yeah. then this person who I trusted and who, you know, I cared mm. about and who cared about me was saying, no, no, it's okay. We'll just wait. And so I kind of doubted myself. Yeah. And I guess it's like with the privilege of hindsight, looking back to be like, 
yeah, this is yeah, this is a strike. Whereas in the moment, it is hard when you're like, well, you don't know what you don't know. Maybe no, no. I just don't know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so, I mean, I don't. Again, like I, th- I really want to make it so clear that he was amazing and mm-hmm. he was great and he, yeah, such a great person. And and I absolutely do not have yeah. any complaints I cannot fault his response no. <laughs> um, because his intentions were absolutely in the right place but it kind of like I was a bit gaslit yeah you know yeah. like my my mm-hmm. relationship with my body up to that point was like I didn't have any reason to doubt my reaction yeah. and then because of that I then learned to doubt my reaction yeah. <laughs> so that's unfortunate but anyway so what happens after that yes yeah, so what happens after that so we Honestly, I can't remember how many other times we tried, mm-hmm. but we we were probably only together another month or so beyond that. And then we split yeah. up just for like very, very normal, yeah. natural reasons. I have subsequently been told by friends that apparently it was the most amical breakup that's ever existed in the history of the universe because it was my <laughs> first one. I thought they were all like that. Yeah. So I was like, oh. I was like, man, TV and movies make this yeah. big deal out of nothing. Like, that was easy. It's not dramatic at all. It, and it wasn't. Yeah. It was just like, we had a conversation. And by the end of that conversation, it was like, okay, wish you well. Bye. Like, <laughs> see you around. Like, you know, he went on to date one of my friends. It was yeah. like, cool. No worries. Oh, my God. He's amazing. an awesome guy. He's a great boyfriend. Five stars. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah. And so, okay, so that's fine. So then, um, and then the guy that I dated after him mm-hmm. again I was super super open about kind of my experience thus far I was like hey just so you know yeah I've only had one boyfriend yeah and and I kind of gave him a, a bit of a description of sort of what had happened I was like look I haven't had um I haven't had intercourse successfully yet so just so you know yeah. that's something that's not going to be kind of like Tomorrow. on the cards immediately <laughs> yeah. like that's something we're gonna have to work up to and again this guy was like cool no no problem and we really we weren't together long enough for it to ever yeah. be an issue like it was just like yeah we yeah we weren't together very long so by this point we're probably like oh I guess we're like maybe halfway through that first year maybe a bit maybe a bit longer I don't mm-hmm. know we're kind of maybe three quarters of the way through that sort of first year and I'm having uh I'm I'm, I'm back home I'm having mm-hmm. a visit back home in Nelson I'm catching up with um, my best friend from high school and you know we're catching up on kind of like all the things that are going on in our lives in that year it's been a while since we've seen each other and we're living in different cities and all that kind of stuff and I share with her this experience that I had yeah and I think in hindsight, what I was actually looking for was I was really looking for her to agree with me and to kind of back me up when I said, yeah, I think there might be something physically going on with my body. Something's not quite right. That's, I think, what I was really craving. I was really craving this connection of like, oh, this is somebody who's known me way longer than that boyfriend. And this is, this is another female this is somebody who we've had all this shared experience and history like yeah yeah, this is this is a person who I really trust like and that's not what I got yeah what I got again I'm no criticism of her or her response but what I got from her was oh yeah well you're obviously not ready interesting yeah that must be (laughs) such like a narrative that is sort of talked about or like thrown around of like oh when it when you're ready it'll just happen yep I think so. And so again, it's that whole sensation of like, I just felt like, oh, I guess I really can't trust my own reactions, my own 
kind of physical response in my body oh I guess it is psychological it was like that was all it needed it was just a two strike system it was like we had one strike in the moment and (laughs) then we got this second strike way later and it was like oh okay well a hundred percent of the people I've surveyed are have agreed it's unanimous it's I'm not ready it's just in my head so unfortunately Mm. I was just like Okay. But it's like mm. you were ready because you yeah. were trying and you wanted to. Yeah. And it was something that I didn't kind of like go into without thought. Yeah. Like, yeah. So anyway. Anyway. So just classic. Yeah. Classic female gaslighting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway. So that year ends. Okay. And I... the third guy that I dated again was like hey mm-hmm. here's the deal I've had two boyfriends haven't had yeah. sex with either of them just you know yeah. so you know yeah and he was like okay no problem and I think at this point the story that I was telling to him was probably oh because I'm not ready yeah I think by that point that narrative I just adopted it because mm-hmm. I was like well I guess that's what it is yeah. like that's just how I'm gonna verbalize this because how else am I gonna verbalize yeah. this yeah yeah and we you know we weren't really together that long you know a couple mm-hmm. months or something and then so by this point in the story I'm now in my second year at NASDA and yeah and things are you know things are great in yeah. terms of school like I'm having a really good time I'm feeling really challenged and really fulfilled I've got great friendships I, like so so dating somebody and having a sexual relationship wasn't like really high on my to-do list mm-hmm. definitely there were feelings of like oh I wish I wish I could trust my self to know how I feel about things so there's definitely some Mm self-doubt and feeling like oh well I guess I'm not ready even though I thought I was even though yeah Yeah. so so that was probably a bit crap but you know didn't really let it bring me down or control my life and were you talking to anybody at school about this or was it just kind of because I had I had talked to the two people who I trusted the most you know like I had I had, you know, speaking speaking to that first boyfriend in the moment, uh, you know, like that was quite organic the way that happened. Speaking to my, you know, my yeah. best friend from high school mm-hmm. was calculated. Yeah. That was like, cool, like this is the person I'm choosing to talk to. Yeah. So no, I didn't really talk yeah. to anybody else about mm-hmm. that because that initial instinct of I should talk to a medical professional just kind of got closed down so I was like okay well yeah okay and so anywho so we get to we're now pretty far through second year and I am back in Nelson again for like a you know like a wee term break and I hadn't had my period in quite a while and my relationship with my menstrual cycle had had always been quite erratic. I got my period much later than a lot of my friends. I was like, I'm, I'm like in 14 yeah. when I got my period, where most of my friends were like 12 and mm-hmm. 13 when they got theirs. So I was always kind of a bit of a late bloomer for that. All through high school, my period was, it wasn't super regular. It was yeah. pretty erratic. It was super light. Ah. Sometimes it would be like three days. Wow. And sometimes it would be 15 days. Yeah. <laughs> but it was never particularly painful. Yeah. Like, occasionally I would get a lower back pain 
which was very annoying mm-hmm. and uncomfortable, but I never ever had cramps. Yeah. Like I didn't know, I did not understand what people were describing. Yeah. <laughs> I like not, I didn't think people were making it up, no. but I just, I could not understand. Yeah. When you people, just didn't know how that felt in your own body. No, I did not know how that felt in my own body. And particularly, you know, when we sort of think back to high school and I had friends who had really heavy periods mm-hmm. and like really, really big issues and people, you know, things like, I have a note to miss PE because yeah. I have my period. Like I did not understand that yeah. at all. Missing school because I did yeah. not understand that yeah. at all. Yeah. So yeah, my period was relatively painless. It was super light. It was like now as a like fully emerged adult, I look back, I'm like, oh, that was like spotting. That yeah. was like nothing. <laughs> like what yeah, the that heck? Was chill. <laughs> but because <laughs> because it had taken a bit longer to get my period than everybody else, I was like, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah okay so uh so you've gone back home yeah so okay so by this point I'm like 19 and I haven't had my period in a while I went on a birth control pill when I was 18 for two reasons number one because I actually wanted to have a sense of regulation over my period I wanted to control that cycle because it was kind of annoying that I Mm. couldn't predict it and didn't know when it was coming and yeah and also because I was like, I might want to be sexually active yeah, at exactly. some point. Like I'm now at university yeah. and, you know, like trying to become an adult butterfly emerging yeah. from the cocoon of adolescence. And like contrary to, you know, popular belief, you were ready for this. Well, yes, <laughs> as, as it happens, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I hadn't had my period in a while, like quite a while. Like okay. I think it had been a couple of months. And so I made an appointment, not with my like normal kind of like family GP. I just made an appointment at the independent nursing practice in Nelson because I decided I would rather speak to a woman and also because it was really easy to get an appointment and appointments were a bit cheaper than going to see um, a GP. Yeah. So yeah. So that's why I did that because I was like, well, independent nursing practice, I'm an independent woman. Exactly. This sounds great. And I went into that appointment and I spoke with this really, really wonderful woman And the first question she asked me naturally was, do you think there is a chance that you could be pregnant? And I laughed. (laughs) I, yeah, I just like openly lolled and was like, I definitely made some type of joke or like, you know, self-deprecating comment of like, well, you have to have sex to get pregnant, you know, like is something like that. And she kind of sort of looked at me and she's like, "Mm, can we talk a bit about that? You know, and I was like, oh, well, it's no big deal. But, you know, (laughs) I well, last year when I was 18 and I moved away from home and started university and got my first boyfriend and uh, waited a few months, like until we'd been seeing each other for a while and like had, you know, really developed a strong connection to each other. And I was really ready to have sex. And then I guess I wasn't because we couldn't. And she's like, "Okay, so tell me a bit more about that. And I described it and I was like, oh, well, we we were you know, we were trying to have vaginal intercourse and it was really painful and it was just like his penis would not go inside Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. It was like there was something blocking Blocking it. it. Yeah. So not like, oh, that's a bit tight. That's a bit like something's pinching. It was like, no, no, no. Like there is a force field (laughs) that, you know, and, and then, you know, when I was sort of retelling this in that moment, it kind of all came back to me Mm -hmm. and I, 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 yeah, I don't know how to describe it other than to say that I think in that moment, describing it to somebody who was asking questions, I suddenly felt really empowered yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which was really, really validating. And to be able to talk about that in a really safe, you know, medical yeah. space 
And and um, you'd had these ideas and these thoughts just pushed away and pushed aside for probably a year yeah, at this point. Yeah, to well, a bit go, longer. Yeah, and this was on. somebody who was saying, and I, you know, when I brushed it, I, you know, I sort of was initially quite dismissive when she was asking these questions, and I was like, oh, but I, you know, obviously I'm just not ready. And yeah. she goes, no, no, yeah, this sounds like it's. Yeah. This sounds like it's a, a physical issue. Mm-hmm. And I was really kind of like taken aback. I was like, really? Yeah. Like, oh, like what I very, very first thought yeah. it might be. Yeah. So obviously lots of mixed emotions with that as well. Like a feeling of like, I was right. Yeah. And then a feeling of like, you fucking idiot. Why <laughs> did you listen to other people? Yeah. And a feeling of like, wow, you've just wasted like, Almost 18 months yeah. thinking that this was in your head and believing mm. other people who are not medical professionals. Like, yeah, yeah, I had a lot of really mixed emotions about that, about like, yeah, just really super frustrated at the situation mm-hmm. and really kind of like blaming myself for like, how could you doubt yourself? How could yeah. you let other people convince you? And yeah. Anyway, so she asked me, she said, would you mind if I do a physical examination and, you know, have a look? And I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. And she did. And like immediately she was like, Sophie, I think I know what the issue is. Well, well, what is it? Yeah. And she was like, well, she said, you're probably familiar with, you know, like the physiology of the, you know, the, the female body and, you know, and all like the different chambers that are a part of your vagina and the hymen. And she was like, look, for a lot of people with a uterus – the hymen sometimes it already has a you know like a tear or mm. a break in it or that can happen sometimes when you like you know are riding a horse or yeah. like you're on a bicycle or you know like there's lots of different ways that that can occur it's not necessarily only going to occur yeah. with vaginal intercourse but for some people that's the first time mm-hmm. So the reason she said yours is fully intact mm. and the reason why vaginal intercourse did not break it is because it is super thick. Wow. That's why it felt like a brick wall. Yeah, like a like a force field. I was like, "What?" <gasps> I was so validated, which was great, but also a bit shit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're like, "Oh, cool. Oh, 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 my body's different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my body is like really different to other yeah. people. Oh, that's a whole other thing to contend with. Yeah. And so she was like, look, I think the next thing to do is um, she recommended that I see my normal GP, mm-hmm. particularly because I was in Nelson and that was an option for me. Yeah. And she recommended that from there I get a referral to a gynecologist, okay. that that would be the like kind of the smoothest pathway yeah. rather than trying to just go to a gynecologist straight away and so I was like okay yeah cool and yeah so I kind of walked out of that appointment feeling like unbelievably validated <laughs> and also it opened up this whole new can of worms yeah. of like okay well now that now that we think we might know what's going on we have to sort of get that validated by a more qualified medical professional but also then like what happens next yeah like I didn't know what no. would happen next we didn't talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, we only talked about this very kind of short term. So that was kind of like weird and wacky. And yeah. So 
explained to my parents and yep. um yep so how how is that i have zero okay. <laughs> recollection of what that conversation was like but i'm sure it was fine because yeah. i've got a great relationship with my yeah. parents and we are a real family of communicators so Perfect. And I'm a pretty direct person, so yeah. <laughs> I couldn't say for sure, but I would say I'm reasonably confident that what happened was 19-year-old me got home from that appointment and sat down and was like, hey, mom and dad, can I talk to you for a second? By the way, I've just had this appointment because I was a bit worried about not having had my period. Anyway, this is what happened. Yeah. Um, by the way, I've had a couple of boyfriends. I've never had sex with any of them. And this is why. And uh, yep, I think there's like something different about my body. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. Love that. Okay. Because lots of people would be scared to do that or feel embarrassed or nervous. Yeah. And I feel I feel very fortunate that I've got a really, really close relationship with my parents. And I, I don't have any recollection of telling them about my failed sexual yes. attempts yeah. prior yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like, oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Ended up seeing a gynecologist who, again, like, just New Zealand is so small. <laughs> and, like, because of this was happening in Nelson. Because this all happened, like, in, like, the two-week, like, midterm oh, wow. break. Like, just while I was at home. And, yeah, and then it was, like, the gynecologist I ended up seeing was, you know, like, the dad of yeah. somebody my <laughs> sibling was friends with at school. At, like, yeah, it was, oh my yeah God. it was all pretty hilarious. And, um. Yeah, and that uh, that appointment was, you know, weird and interesting and kind of overwhelming and very, very medical. Mm. Very like, hi, I am a man with a qualification and I'm going to talk yeah. to you about your body, which I know a lot about because I'm super qualified, but also, <laughs> you know, I'm like somebody's dad. Yeah. And yeah, so I, yeah, it was weird. Um, Did you and- go alone? No, my mom was with me. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember that. And I remember that he like drew, he was just <laughs> like his style of communication was like he's Why talking and writing and he ended up like drawing on a piece of paper, essentially like drawing like a kind of like a, you know, a, a, a roughly drawn circle and like filling it in and being like, <laughs> okay, so if this is, so if this is your hymen, and then he was like drawing some lines out and he was like, so, and then this is your vagina. It just looked like a spider. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? But what he described was, he was like, okay, you have a thickened hymen. Yeah. So that's what's going on. So, so your body is totally biologically mm. the, everything we'd expect. Yeah. The only thing that's a little bit different mm-hmm. is that ordinarily the hymen, the, the hymen is a like quite a thin membrane. Yeah. And yours is not. Mm. Yours is a really thick membrane. And can and that just happen? Yeah. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. She thick. What are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that was really interesting was he was explaining to me about how while I didn't have any like sort of tears or kind of like openings Mm. in my hymen he was like well you you definitely have a hole like that's how your menstrual cycle happens oh by the way I feel like because your listeners might really be wondering just FYI I got my period in like immediately at the conclusion of that appointment with the independent nurse yeah. like yeah. yeah like my period like happened in the building before I left I was like <laughs> never mind yeah like 
anyway, definitely got my money's worth out of that appointment. Yeah. So that's cool. But um, yeah. And so he was explaining to me that basically I, I it was like a pinhole. Mm. He's like, I think he said, you know, I don't know for sure. He said, but I think maybe the reason why your menstrual cycle is, you know, prior to you going on the pill yeah. has been erratic. Like in your high school years, I think maybe the reason why it was erratic and why it didn't have kind of like any sort of rhyme or reason to yeah. how long it lasted because it was just like trickling out yeah. like there yeah. yeah so wow yeah random a mm. and i think i don't know i i almost wonder because as you know the body is so weird and wonderful i actually wonder if maybe the reason my periods were so light is because my body was like well nothing's going to get through anyway mm, yeah I don't know I Interesting. just I've sort of just had this thought knocking around yeah, in my brain yeah. like I wonder if that was a natural body response of like oh well we've only got a tiny little pinhole so we better just yeah. make this really light because otherwise we could just yeah. be bleeding all month yeah yeah crazy eh? Hmm. but anyway so um because yeah because once I went on birth control like that definitely regulated my periods I had a lot of a lot more control over that mm-hmm. which was cool but um yeah, so anyway, so the gynecologist was like, look, you've, you've just got a really, really thick one. Mm. So we're going to surgically remove part of it. Okay. We are going to create a bigger hole, Yeah. you know, which for most other people with a vagina, that would just happen naturally when yeah. you develop a, you know, yeah. a wider tear. He's like, so we're just going to do that surgically. Mm. So. And do they have to like book you in for that? Or is he kind of like, all right. Get up on the table. Do it right. <laughs> no, no, it's like a surgery in a yeah. hospital. <laughs> Jesus, just, just like whoa, made my stomach jump. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's um, and this was going through the public system, yeah, as well, because it wasn't deemed particularly urgent. <laughs> like, okay, which it wasn't mm. like I'm okay with that yeah and also it was like well you know I gotta get back to Christchurch and like do another term of NASDA like yeah. I don't really have time to think about this right now so that was kind of wacky just the whole sort of as you know just the whole experience of like being in drama school it's kind of like living on another planet it it's, really is it's very different to other types of university study and yeah, and so as a result, I was like, okay, whatever, like put me on a list. And there was part of me that was really nervous of like, well, what if, what if my turn comes up? Yeah. And it's at a really, really inconvenient time mm. in mm. terms of my degree. Yeah. Or what if it doesn't come up for ages? Yeah. Like, yeah. So there were all kinds of feelings, but it was like, well, whatever, we'll just deal with it when it happens. Like yep. just got to get on yep. with it. Yep. So, okay. So that's fine. So I go on some waiting list for, you know, a hymen surgery and whatever, just don't think about it and just go focus on, mm-hmm. you know, Life. term four. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, cool. So that was cool. I don't really remember telling people about it. Okay. Um, like after that appointment, like before the surgery, but I'm sure I would have, mm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty open. I was very fascinated by the whole thing. Yeah. You know, in addition to kind of being like super frustrated and like I said, going through all those kinds of emotions of like, well, why is my body different? And mm. how, oh, how did we not pick this up? And man, I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I listen to my body last year? And why didn't I just pay for a doctor's appointment? Yeah. yeah. So in hindsight, like actually, it's fine. Mm. You know, like 
who's to say that it would have been diagnosed yeah. even if I'd gone to Exactly. Even if I'd gone to a GP. Yeah. You know, back when I first had the thought. Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. And again, I'm not ragging on GPs. Like they do incredible work, but the point is they are a general practitioner. Exactly. So they are required to know a lot of things mm. about lots of things. Yeah. And they're not specialists. And I definitely don't know that at the age of 18, yeah. I would have had the um, I would have had the initiative or the money to mm. go to a gynecologist. So yeah. anyway, it just yeah. it is what it is. So right. So, you know, so go back to NASDA. I'm just kind of like patiently waiting and kind of trying not to think about it too much. And yeah. So anyway, the school year ends. Okay. So second year is done. I go back home to Nelson for the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to pick up the summer job that I had had the year before, which was great. Yeah. I had a great job the year before. Really, really loved my boss and like everybody was awesome. And so, yeah. So could just walk right back into that, which was so cool. And it was really, really a wonderful sense of familiarity and feeling like, oh, cool. I've got like yeah. some routine and yeah, so this is good. And so I was back and that was great. And I was just ready to like, you know, do my fun summer job and just have a good time and take it easy. And, and Nelson is great in the summer. And Nelson's great in the Side summer. Note, but and it, whoa. Yeah. And nice to be home with mom and dad. And then I got my letter. <gasps> Classic. Yeah. So I got my letter. And I mean, you've received letters yep. like this before. The letter comes and it gives you like very little notice. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, hey, next month. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. So in like 10 days, yeah. this thing's going to happen. And it's so clinical, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because it is just essentially just churned out from yeah. the hospital. And so, yeah, it was, it was exciting. It was kind of scary. Mm -hmm. It was like a bit wacky. I then felt so bad like I had just walked back into this job and I was going to have to ask for time off yeah so I felt so bad about that and um but my boss was awesome and I just explained the situation I like I said I don't have a problem being yeah. open about what's going on um especially because uh you know I'm I'm quite a direct communicator and I was like well how will how will she support me if she doesn't know exactly. what's going on? Yeah, so it's like, hey, here's the deal. Quick version. So I've got this weird thing with my vagina, which is a little bit different from other people's vaginas. Um, and I've got to have a surgery, and this is the situation. And oh yeah, in case you're wondering, haven't had successful vaginal sex before. <laughs> um, and so I need this day off to have surgery, and then I need like a week off, yeah, to recover from it. And I know that that is really shit. Mm. Because it's December yeah. <laughs> and this is a retail job. So yeah. literally the busiest month of the year. Mm. And you hired me back because you need needed people. Yeah, because you need all <laughs> hands on deck. But she was amazing. And she was like, of course, this is amazing. super important. We will do. She was like, you don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. We like, we will cover this. Like, we've got you. Like, we'll just take you off the roster. Yeah. Nothing is a problem. Like, Perfect. yeah, it was awesome. It's really cool. So I just suddenly didn't have to worry about any of that. I didn't have to hold on to any guilt about yeah. that. She was so supportive. So that was great. And yeah. And so I went for the surgery. It's a surgery where, you know, like you get put under. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was asleep while it happened. But essentially what they're doing is they go in. They're not removing the entire hymen. Yeah. Because that is like, yeah, that's kind of not. What they're trying to do is they're trying to replicate 
what would have happened yeah. naturally. Yeah. So they're cutting a little bit of it out. Okay. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I have like, it's potentially inappropriate, but I'm imagining like opening the floodgates. Like I'm getting quite nervous <laughs> for what's going to happen. The thing that made me the most nervous was right back in that appointment with the gynecologist when he drew the spider and was like (laughs) explaining you know just just the fact that he was talking about surgery that already is a little bit scary yeah it's like oh getting put under yeah 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 so just just like the diagnosis moment is very exciting and very Mm. validating and then when it's like oh like the implications this is like a real crash back down to reality yeah and so the fact that there was discussion of like surgery yeah and it's like no surgery's not like an option it's the option Mm. like this isn't going to change unless I have a surgery yeah okay that's fine so kind of come to terms with that the thing that was the scariest for me that even now is like (laughs) like makes my skin crawl revisiting this emotionally was he was describing how the surgical procedure would work and again he was very kind of like black and white about it Mm -hmm. and um you know with his little picture but then he was describing how then stitches would be put in. Oh. And the language that he used was, he was like, the the same as when women give birth. So suddenly this is sounding so extreme. I was like, what? Like you're cutting into my body. And yeah, so anyway, so that was was the thing that I was really nervous about. Yeah, so, I mean, I can draw you a little spider picture if you want. Maybe post it on Post on the Insta, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so he was describing as like, so we're going to kind of like, if you, listener, if you just imagine that there's like, let's just work in circles, right? Yeah. The body is not really circles, but let's imagine that like, so the vagina is a circle and then inside that you've got a smaller circle, which Mm -hmm. is the hymen. And so what he was describing was kind of starting at the bottom of the circle and like cutting out like a little kind of like half moon shape. Mm. Well, then the bottom of that is vagina. Oh, yeah. So then that's where the he's not going. Go. It's not like a bullseye on a dartboard. He's not going in the right. middle. He's like, yeah. So then the stitches go down the bottom. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Because I was definitely imagining the middle. Not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he drew me the picture. So I was like, <laughs> there was no confusion. Yeah. So I was very nervous about like having stitches in my body and also, you know, being told when you're 19, like, oh, you know, like when women give birth, I'm like, yeah. no, because I don't know anybody who's given no. birth is my age. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, yeah. So that was a bit wild. And yeah. And then the recovery process was uh, that I needed to just really take it easy for yeah. a week because it was important that I not tear my stitches. Ah. Yeah. No riding bikes. No riding bikes, no running. I was like, fine. Yeah. No oh, pro- what a shame. Oh, definitely not going to be an issue. Um, But yeah, but things like we'd had a discussion about like, did my parents' house have stairs? Oh, yeah. Which they have two. Mm. So it was fine. Not an issue. Yeah. It was like, well, if, you know, it was one of those things that the recommendation was like, well, if your bedroom is like on an upper floor, Mm. it really would be ideal for you to like sleep on the ground floor so that you don't have to go up and down stairs. Yeah. So it's just, so it's just a matter of just taking it easy and just being careful. And I definitely, definitely remember it being super sore, Mm. like, and just my body just yeah being really really sore and exhausted and just taking small steps yeah I just definitely remember feeling like oh I am enfeebled yeah 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 but that's okay and that was about a week yeah 
that's mm. about a week. And then, yeah. And then kind of beyond that, I mean, like, I returned to work, but I don't really remember it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, none of, that was not the memorable part of the journey. The journey was like the surgery and recovering from surgery. And yeah, and it was one of those things that like, because it's like, <laughs> you know, because it's in your groin, yeah. like, it was really sore. So it was like, oh, well, you know, just like pop a bag of frozen peas yeah. on that. Like while you're on the couch, <laughs> like yeah. that, that'll help. I was like, okay. And what? Then we put those peas back in the freezer? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but they've been resting on my groin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before we carry on with the interview, I wanted to quickly jump in and say thanks for listening to That's So Chronic. If you didn't know, there's a monthly That's So Chronic newsletter over on Substack. Every month, you will get the latest news, episodes, and recommendations straight to your inbox. Sign up at the link in the show notes. All right, back to the interview. So in between when I got the diagnosis and when I had the surgery, mm-hmm. I made a decision and I made a decision based on the fact that I, you know, was dealing with that huge wave of mixed emotions and I was feeling very frustrated and I was feeling kind of guilty, you know, about like not trusting myself and not listening to my inner voice and, you know, listening to other people. And I was also feeling, you know, very different. Yep. And I decided that what I really, really wanted was I really wanted for someone else to not go through the same experience that I had. Yeah. 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 I really, I really wanted someone else who was in a similar circumstance to not doubt themselves yeah and just to know that this was a possibility yeah so I decided that I really really wanted to sell my story to a magazine I just love this part of your story as well because what a testament to your there's some tissues just over there what a testament to your courage and your I like your kindness and your spirit that you were like I'm still kind of dealing with all this stuff and I want to share this. Like, how amazing. Thank you. And selfless. Well, I I really appreciate that. I didn't feel selfless. I, I, I felt actually kind of selfish. I was just like so mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want to do something about this. I want, you know, like clearly, clearly – Kids are not going to learn about this in health school, you know, no. like in health class yeah. at high school yeah. or, you know, whatever. Like, Yeah, and if and someone can read this, then maybe it might not be them, but it might be their friend that's going through something or anything. And I'll be remember, able to bring it up in conversation. And I remember when I was like, I don't know, like 11 or whatever, like getting a book about like periods and menstruation. Yeah. I was like, well, there was nothing in there about this. Mm-hmm. There was a whole thing about the biology of a vagina yeah. and like the hymen and like, but yeah, so it was like well how how will people know yeah how will people know if it's not discussed how will it be discussed yeah if nobody just puts it out there and talks about it yeah so so you decide to sell it to a magazine how do you even do that (laughs) uh i i think i just kind of like started googling 
for contact information for magazines. Yeah. I was like, well, it's, I was like, well, it's, you know, got to be kind of a particular type of magazine. Yeah. Right. So I remember reaching out to a whole host of publications. Um, but I, in my mind, I was like, right, I want a magazine that is accessible. Yeah. And in my mind, that meant like cheap, like yeah. affordable. Like yeah. I want, I want the type of magazine that somebody yeah. browses while they're in line at the supermarket mm-hmm. and then like throws in with their shopping because yeah. it's not expensive and I want the type of magazine that is primarily marketed to women yeah and I want the type of magazine that ends up in a dentist's waiting room like yeah. that's what yeah. I want I want to be on those pages and yeah so I remember uh, just kind of like looking for contact information for you know kind of like making a list of the different magazines that sort of existed in New Zealand at the time and reaching out and like you know sending an email and that sort of thing and yeah it was interesting because I definitely remember a mixed bag of responses I remember getting like no response Mm -hmm. at all like literally just being ghosted I remember getting a "Mm, no thanks we're not interested I remember getting a wow we're super interested we don't pay for these and I was like, no, I want to be paid. Yeah. Like if this is if this is my story that I'm taking publicly and I'm attaching my name and my face to, which I'm very happy to do, mm. I want to be compensated for that. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. And also like I was a student. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And then finally I got a response, which was, we're very interested. We'd like to talk to you more about this. We'd like to arrange a time for a journalist to interview you. Yeah. And yeah. And we had a whole negotiation about fee. Amazing. Mm. And it all happened. You were in the magazine. Yes. And it all happened. And so that interview took place after the surgery. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they decided that they were going to do like a, it was going to become a two page spread in the magazine. So it was going to, it was going to occupy quite a bit of space and they wanted to have a photo of me. And um, so this is all like that summer, that summer in between second and third year. And so they were arranging a photographer to come and a makeup artist and, and you know, it was Nelson. So like, of course I knew the makeup artist. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was really funny. And, um, but my family was super supportive. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't have any re- recollection of either of my parents at any point being like, are you sure you want to yeah. do this or don't do this? Or like, no, no, no. Like everybody was cool. In fact, like to the point where so many jokes were made about it. Just, it just yeah. I feel like it's important to, um, to explain that like uh, humor and comedy and joking is yeah. very much the style of communication in my family. Like yes. nobody was yeah. teasing me. Yeah. Or yeah. even if they were, it was very much like from a place of love, love and yeah. support. Yeah. So it was something that like everybody was on board with and like my siblings knew about. And yeah. Like, yeah. So it was all kind of like a funny, silly yeah. kind of good time situation. How did you feel when it was in print and it was in the magazine? And well. And could read it. <laughs> well, that, well, I felt good. Mm-hmm. I, I like yeah I felt good about the mm-hmm. fact that it was out there and it was visible and I was yeah I had no qualms about my face or my name being attached to it yep. I yeah I, I really felt like this is achieving what I wanted to achieve which is that I am putting awareness out there yes. I'm yeah I'm starting a conversation I yeah 
all of that. However, <laughs> however, there were some things printed that were not a hundred percent accurate, which really bugged me. Yeah, and uh, it was printed without me knowing when it was going to be printed. So I also felt that that was quite poor communication on their part. Yeah, and um, the other thing that was quite troubling to me was I mean this is this is going back far enough that like this was done through like via post you know so it's like we had communication a little bit of communication by email but primarily over the phone Mm. and things like they had they had posted me the contract yeah that you know that kind of outlined all the sort of terms and conditions and the payment and all that kind of stuff and then I had to like sign it and I had to post it back and yeah yeah and I it is my belief that they printed it before my contract had actually arrived back Mm. in their hands yeah like before they'd actually received it so I wasn't super happy with that but you know what it was very character building it was a real learning curve of like okay cool so maybe you know not that there's probably going to be a next time but it's like this is a good lesson about negotiation and this is a really good lesson about like how to advocate for what sense of control you want Mm -hmm. I wish I had I wish I had specifically stipulated that I would get to view the written article before it was published Mm. no I didn't stipulate that because naively i I kind of assumed that that was going to be the case. Yeah, which I sort of assumed is that definitely we've... not the case. It definitely yeah. isn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I was pretty young yeah. at the time. But yeah, so yeah, I had kind of quite naively thought like, you know, I had this interview over the phone with this journalist and then I sort of thought that there would be like a follow-up and yeah. there just wasn't. Yeah. And yeah, and so one of the things that they printed, which made me really upset, was they had incorrectly identified it as being a double hymen. Yeah. So that bothered me because it was like, well, the picture you're painting is that I had two of them. Yeah. I didn't have two of them. Mm. What I had described was what the gynecologist had described to me, which was that my hymen was like at least twice the thickness yeah. of yeah. yeah, most others. So that bothered me. And I called them and I, you know, spoke to the journalist and I complained about that. And the uh, the retort was like, oh, well, I, you know, in my notes, this is what I wrote. It was like, yeah, but what yeah, you wrote wasn't notes are wrong. <laughs> I was like, well, tough shit. Like, yeah. Anyway, look, I got paid. Would you also feel comfortable sharing about the headline? Jesus, yeah. I was not happy about the headline. Um, Yeah, I was really unhappy about the headline that they chose, which was very... I mean, these days we'd call it clickbait. Yeah. But we this was, this clicking, was so long ago. This was so long ago we weren't <laughs> clicking. But um, yeah, it was um, very kind of like, they were trying to like sensationalize it. Yeah. So the headline that they chose, which really disappointed me, was I lost my virginity on the operating table. And even, even back then, yeah. Jess, I was like, oh no. They've like completely sexualized this whole experience. This very medical experience. Yeah. And that made me sad for a number of reasons. Number one, because in the interview, I'd actually, she had asked me, she had used those words about like, you know, what did it feel like to lose your virginity? And I said, no, no, I think virginity is a mental thing. Yeah. And when I made the decision that I was ready to have intercourse with my first yeah. boyfriend that's when exactly that is gone and yeah I mean I think I don't think I don't think you and I have to like 
outline that. I don't think we have to spell it out for any listeners of this podcast. Everybody's reasonably, reasonably hip to the fact that virginity is a very archaic concept (laughs) that is not real. No. But yeah, so that really bothers me. And then, yeah, also, again, it was like, well, tough shit. Like it's printed. You got your money. Like, okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, like I said, it was very character building. It was an interesting learning experience. Um, Would I do it again? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Like it it achieved what I wanted it to achieve. The only thing that was a little bit uncomfortable was the, um, like I said, they printed it without me knowing when they were going to print it. So I found out that it was printed. Because people read it. Yes, but also this is now, <laughs> so this is now like, you know, so the summer break is over. I'm returning to Christchurch to go into my third year at NASDA and I, uh, I ended up contacting that very first boyfriend to give him a heads up Yeah, and said, Hey, I want you to know that this is what's, this is, this is what's happened both to me physically yeah. and also that I've. I've made the decision to, um, you know, to share my story in this magazine. And I want you to know that, you know, there there is a little bit of reference to you in that story. And I just wanted you mm-hmm. to know. Because I felt, number one, that that's the right thing yeah. to do, yeah. to tell him. Number two, I mean, I wasn't asking his permission. I'd already yeah. done it. Yeah. I just wanted to politely give him a heads up. Because I was like, well, he's not going to read this magazine. But it's very possible that somebody who... Knows him. Yeah, somebody who reads the magazine who you know it's like my face my picture is there and my name it's like they're gonna connect the dots they're gonna know who Mm. he is and yeah I just didn't want him to be blindsided by the whole thing so I reached out to him to let him know and his response was yeah I've actually already read it and that was how I found out that it was already published (gasps) oh which was very weird yeah and suddenly kind of had made me feel like the reverse of like no I was trying to do this nice thing and give you a heads up but it turns out that I didn't give you a heads up I yeah so so that was disappointing and um but he was like oh it was yeah you said really nice things about me and I was like yeah you were an awesome boyfriend like yeah I've got I've got zero zero complaints like you were amazing and he was like oh yeah you said some really nice things and that was really cool and I was like oh great and I was like um just wondering yeah my question is just wondering how 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 did you come upon this article like yeah so I was I was curious like did somebody tell him oh by the way Sophie's done this thing done this thing and you're referenced and he went to the supermarket and bought one no no the edition of the magazine that my story was in was the edition that uh for one week got given out with every Big Mac sold at every McDonald's around the country. <laughs> Just a special giveaway. Order a Big Mac and you get a free magazine. <laughs> and that was how he found uh, out. But also, like, my mind goes to, like, why did, like, McDonald's need an incentive for people to buy Big Macs? And also, why does the magazine need incentive? Like, they're two very big corporations. Baby, like, this goes straight to the top. <laughs> This is just about this is just about big corporates <laughs> being in each other's pockets. Oh wow, this is a different podcast now. No, it's like who knows? But anyway, so that was very, oh very comical. So now, basically, very cringy at the time. Yeah. I was like, 
what is happening. So everybody yeah, everyone saw knows. This. Like I walked into the first day yeah. of my third year of NASDA and everybody knew. Yeah. I'm I'm not exaggerating, Jess, when I when I say to you that maybe 10% of the people in that room did not know when they walked in, but they all knew. Yeah. Like after the first yeah. class. And um and I was like, fine, whatever. Yeah. I'm just gonna lean into it. This is it was like, what am I gonna do? Like cry yeah. over spilt milk? Like I knew that this was a possibility, right? I put yeah. my name and my face on it. This is why I wanted to be paid exactly, exactly. for this situation. Yeah. And I got paid and I'm okay with this, right? This yeah. thing happened to me and yeah. I'm happy to be open about it. And yeah. that's what this means, yeah. right? So I was just like, oh yeah, have you seen it? Oh yeah, because there was a copy of the magazine like literally in the room. And yeah. as we're all doing our warm up, And so it's just like, oh yeah, have you seen it? It's on page whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, cool. Now everybody knows. Now it's... It's out there. It's not a secret, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the 27 people in this room who had a Big Mac this week yeah. already knew. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. The, like, one of the main drivers of sharing your story publicly was to, you know, share your story so that if anyone else is going through this, they, you know, can get some comfort. Have you ever connected with anybody who has gone through this as well? No, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't, I never actually had an expectation that anybody would connect with me. Yeah. Um, you know, like didn't include my cell phone number in the magazine. No, no, no. No, but what is interesting is that uh, I think, and I, I mean, maybe I'm looking through rose-tinted glasses, but I think at the time for whatever that kind of initial five minutes of cringe factor were on that first day of NASDA of like, oh, like everybody knows I definitely feel like that opened the door absolutely for every single person who had something a little bit unique about their body yeah to feel okay about that yeah yeah and I was thinking about that with this podcast episode as well and I was Mm -hmm. just thinking there is the possibility that this will help so many people Mm -hmm. that are also experiencing the same thing as you that absolutely do not feel comfortable talking about it to literally anybody even a medical professional potentially absolutely or maybe they do talk to a medical professional and and (laughs) it's not diagnosed yeah and and maybe a medical professional tells them oh you just must not be ready to have sex yet it's in your head because guess what jess yeah that happens my my goal in coming on the pod with you was Number one, just so people know, just just so people know that this like exists. Yeah. <laughs> but number two, because I just really, really want to stress that importance of like, if your internal reaction is, I think something is not quite right. Yes. Then follow that through. Yeah. Don't ask your boyfriend. Don't ask <laughs> your best friend. Don't yeah. Google it. Like, like actually talk to somebody who might know and I you know and I know that a real theme with a lot of the other people who you've interviewed on the podcast has been and you know what if you still think something's not right and the professional that you're talking to is not agreeing or is making a recommendation that doesn't sit quite well with you well you can get a second opinion yeah that's okay yeah absolutely and I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that people like cherry pick like Mm. and you know go through like a deck of cards until they get the answer, answer that they that, want yeah the yeah. answer that they want or the answer that suits them but I'm just saying that like my experience was very very much that internally 
I was like, something is, something is different. Mm. Something is not quite lining up here the way that I believe it should. Yeah. And I really wish I'd followed that through. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so, so fortunate that I did not get my period for several months. Yeah. And decided to speak to somebody about that and that that person was really, really kind yeah. and caring yeah. and had a great, great feel for how to ask questions and how to, yeah, how to kind of like get information out of me. And yeah, like she was amazing. Yeah. She was such an incredible medical professional mm-hmm. and that's not always the experience that you get. Yeah. So it really, like it really is down to her. Mm. Mm. If you could go back to the time where you, you know, have been told, oh, you're not ready and you're sort of thinking, oh, am I not ready? Is there something happening? Like, I don't really know. Yeah. If you could go back to that time and you could say something to yourself, what do you think you would say? I'd be like, fuck those guys. <laughs> don't listen to them. Listen to you. You're the oh, one who matters. It's your body. We need that printed on a t-shirt. Please. Fuck those guys. It's your body. <laughs> We're doing t-shirts. We're doing mugs. We're doing totes. Like, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that whole thing of like it's your body. Yeah. Who on earth is going to have a sense of what is right and wrong or normal or not normal? Like it's you. Yeah. It's you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now at the age of 38, I've got a really really strong sense of what is going on with yeah. my body. I really yeah. know myself and I know my body. And it's kind of laughable to think that like, yeah, you know what? At 18, I actually had that. The instincts were all there. Yeah. And I ignored them mm. because I thought that I was wrong just based yeah. on the information and the messages that I was getting from other yeah. people. Yeah. And that's, that's sad. And it's yeah. silly. And so if anybody else is listening, fuck those guys. You know your own body. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sophie, thank you so much for sharing this part of your journey and your story with me and everybody listening today I just know that this is definitely going to get out there and it's going to reach the people that really need to hear this story whether they've got the same thing going on with their hymen or something similar so thank you so much my pleasure this is proudly brought to you in a paid partnership with McDonald's. Eat a Big Mac today. No. <laughs> and get a free podcast get a, episode. Yeah. It's free everywhere. It's free everywhere, regardless Spotify of whether or not you buy a Big Mac. rating or a review. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening to another episode of That's So Chronic. Or if this is your first episode ever, welcome. It's nice to have you here. If you haven't already, make sure you press follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening so you never miss an episode. If you would like to find out more about me, That's So Chronic, or you just want to see some behind-the-scenes content, feel free to connect over on Instagram or TikTok. I'm at That's So Chronic. I hope you're having a great week, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>